All right, welcome to Against All Odds, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I am here with the COO of this podcast, Tate Frazier. What's happening, man? Not too much. Beautiful day. Beautiful Tuesday in Hollywood. It's really nice. Tate, of course, uh, co-hosts One Shining Podcast with Titus. You put another one up today. You did, uh, what, you did 90 minutes on Ja Morant um, signing with Nike, right? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was. Uh, <laughs> we had, uh, luckily, we had Ryan Rossillo come on and join us to talk about the uh, NBA Combine in Chicago and uh, tell us some stories about going to Disneyland back when the Combine was in Orlando. So it was a it Oh, was that's a fun. Now, yeah. does he have to do preacher curls um, during the podcast or does he actually wait till after it's over? I'm pretty sure he had ankle weights on while he was in here, but I couldn't tell. Ankle weights, yeah. He's a beast. I don't know how he, how these people stay in shape. Um, uh, speaking of staying in shape, on the line right now, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my wizards of wagering, the degenerate trifecta, Brother Bry, Harry, and Darren, the parlay kid. What's happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? Sal, what's shaking? What's going on, buddy? You tell me, Brother Bry. Brother Bry was on some streak. I know we don't want to mention, uh, talk about this too long, but because he's the only one in the country betting lacrosse. But uh, what a streak. Didn't you hit your last five lacrosse bets? Something like that? Uh, yeah, it was something crazy. So last year I went on a run. I was like 15 or 16 and one. I'm like, I'm not betting lacrosse again because I'll never top it. <laughs> this year I only lost one game again. I was probably about like, yeah, 14 or 15 and one. Won the last. Uh, five. It's a crazy run. I, I, I have no idea. I'm kind of just going by feel. I mean, I read mm-hmm. up on it a little bit, but uh, it's really just feel. I don't know how. I don't know how I'm doing. It's the only thing that's keeping me afloat. I'm losing on everything else, but but lacrosse. Well, good, good. Well, now that that's over with, and you love love Yale all year, and then you switched to Virginia in the last, and they and they won the uh, they won the final game. They won by but three goals. What was I, I don't even remember the final. They won yeah, thirteen to nine. Plus they were getting uh, two and a half goals. Four goals, oh. getting two and a half. Right. All right. Parley Kid, yeah, your uh, brother, on the other hand, he has switched over to now there's still male sports, I think, out there, right? But you're you're betting uh women's softball, right? Absolutely. So on the College World Series is uh has yet to start really. That was like kind of like the uh, you know, to qualify for it and uh now the real game starts. So uh, again, I we talked about this last year at the same time. If you like baseball, you should really love women's softball especially at this level my wife screams at me every time i watch it she it's almost like she thinks i'm cheating on her watching women's softball she's like you don't like any other women's sports how can you be watching this i'm like it's great it really is to me the best women's sporting event out there it's on my bucket list to go out to the uh college wow. uh, female uh, softball world series I, I really want to do that one day I really right, want well, to. Do I don't that. know if it's, it's your, your life is going to put up with it, but that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, you were on the wrong side of that ball smashing the the Texas pitcher in the face. Um, that was unfortunate, yeah. and then Texas came back to win. That was that was a crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy thing. Harry, you bet uh, the first five innings under in the Kershaw the Grom <laughs> matchup. I think it was under three or under three and a half. I was at the game three with my half. family. It was under three and a half. And my I was at, at the game with my family and. Um, when the Mets went up three to two in the fifth, my my son Archie said, "Well, thank Harry for us because that doesn't happen without that bet, right?" <laughs> well, you know what, you know, and I, you know what, I wanted to put something together nice yesterday, and I jumped on with Brian on Virginia. I take that. I didn't jinx him. That that one that one's so easy. And last week I said Tarasenko for uh, St. Louis had scored six in a row, six scored six points uh, in six games in a row uh, with the Blues. 
and he scored again last night, so I had him last night at minus 130 to, to at least uh, have over half a point, get a goal early on. <laughs> that wins, and of course I have uh, under the three and a half, you're at the game, of course, just this is like the fifth time in a row, I swear, when I bet the first five innings, it's come down to the fifth inning, and I need no runs, because I like betting unders in the first five with two good pitchers. Every time I'm getting smoked, and, the, and J.D. Davis uh, put the two-run homer on the board last night in the fifth to kill me. There you go. It killed me, too. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Mets, just blew. that bullpen was terrible. Once the Grom couldn't get into the sixth inning, it was, it was all over, and uh, my, my five-year-old left crying. It was, it's really sad what this team does. They get to 500, they tease you, and then they, uh, they, cr- they crush your soul. Yeah. They really do, these Mets. But uh, I will say this. You know, it, it, it seems like we're only betting baseball and softball and lacrosse, but there's basketball going. There's the NBA Finals. There's a Stanley Cup. It's getting good. Before it gets bad, in a couple weeks, it's going to be very, very uh, thin. We have a good show, though. Uh, We have Lamar Odom on. He's going to talk about his new book. It came out today. It's called Darkness to Light. Can you imagine? This thing, this has got everything. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, you name it, infidelity. He talks about it all. I don't know. Let's see how much he talks to us about it. That'll be uh, at the end of this podcast. We're going to talk about NBA Finals. We're going to talk about Game 1, the series. We're going to pick the series in exact games. The MVP, the NFL kicks off in 100 days. Unlock it in today. We did a 100-day special. We went over uh, MVP. We went over each division, everything. Today, we're going to go over the best division value with the degenerate trifecta and Tate. Captain Morgan, we're going to take a ride on uh, Captain Morgan's ship. Best bets and so much more. Now, I, I do want to talk, though, real quick. Uh, I got into a little Twitter war. Uh, not really a little war with, with everybody, it seems. Bill Buckner. The uh, great baseball player passed away yesterday. Now, those of you who don't know Bill Buckner, he is most known, unfortunately, I mean, he had a great, great career, but most known, and this is how ESPN shows it and every other um, show that uh, eulogizes him. He's most known for letting the ball go through his legs and the winning run coming in, Mets winning game six. Now, not really his fault. He was really out there to set the table Uh, For defensive purposes, he was kind of past his prime. John McNamara wanted him out there to celebrate the Red Sox World Series win. He had bad feet at the time. There was a wild pitch by Chiraldi. It tied the game. Parley Kidd, am I I setting this up right? That's what it was, right? Uh, It was a wild pitch. uh, What was by Bob Stanley. Oh, Bob Stanley, sorry. Chiraldi gave up three. Yeah, so so you're exactly right. Here's the thing is, Bill Buckner was the scapegoat for this. But really, Chiraldi and Stanley... They're the yeah. culprits. They're the main culprits. And once the Mets tied that game, they were not losing that. So blame them, really. There's so much to it, Parley Kid. There, there, I mean, it was a great <laughs> moment for any Mets fan. I was, uh, I was 15 years old at the time. The ball goes through Buckner's legs. Mookie might have beaten him the first anyway, but the running, winning run scores. Ray Knight scores. The Mets win game six. They still have to win a game seven. By the way, they're losing three nothing in game seven in the sixth <laughs> inning. Not, not much is made of this. And also not much is made of the fact that Game 7 was rained out initially, which allowed the Red Sox to, to throw Bruce Hurst, who was lights out. So there's so many other things, uh, so many other factors. But anyway, Bill Buckner passes away. I tweet a stupid joke. Uh, a thousand variations of it went out there. Like, uh, rest in peace, Bill Buckner, one of my top three greatest Mets, favorite Mets of all time. And uh, boy, the floodgates opened. You wouldn't believe the messages I was getting, how do you stomp on this guy's grave? I'm getting people are up in arms. Pro tennis players are calling me out. And they're the toughest guys in sports. If they can't have a, a hard shell, I mean, what, what, what are we uh, living on? But let me just say this, Bill Buckner, 
great guy by all accounts, made a living or subsidized his baseball pension by signing autographs later in life. I have an autograph, that picture of Buckner letting the ball go through his legs. He writes oops on it. He signed it. Mookie Wilson signed it. The guy had a sense of humor about it. He appeared on Curb Your Enthusiasm. They did a whole skit on it. And I, you know, at the expense of sounding like Adam Carolla and Clay Travis, like the pussification of America is just getting out of hand. Like, please, this guy would have had a, uh, he would have had a sense of humor about it, Parlay Kid. Why? What people need to get off, first of all, they need to unfollow me if you don't like a joke like that. But really, get off Twitter in general if you're going to be offended by something like that, right? Parlay Kid, I know you have like Oh, absolutely, Sal. You know, Sal, comedy is dead, isn't it, really? I mean, you can't yeah. do, you, you know, you're you're in the business, and uh, just thanks to political correctness, uh, it's everybody's uh, got to watch what they say. It's, it's not right, yeah. but freedom of speech, Sal. What you said, like you said, you know, I, I thought I found it funny, Sal. I think, uh, I think most people do, but that's what Twitter's become, Sal. It's become very toxic, so toxic. Oh, man. You know? Oh, they just sit back and they just, oh, this didn't age well. And this is your worst tweet. Oh, you're better than this. Got to hear it. Oh, yeah. please just unfollow me. And also, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm sure he would add a sense of humor about it. When I die, you guys, please, uh, Brother Bride, <laughs> immediately tweet a joke about nepotism. Or uh, Paul Kid, you, you tweet a joke about me, my bad bets over the years. And Harry, you can, well, I, I don't even care what you can talk about how uh, a fat coffin that I'm buried in. So I don't. Maybe Harry can't say that. But you know what? what you know, you get the point. We could joke about this. There's a little levity in this. Bill Buckner was a great guy. Uh, the Red Sox fans, you know, they did him justice. They gave him a four-minute standing ovation when he came back. I think in 2008 he came back to the park. Not sure he gets that ovation if they hadn't won a World Series in between then. But whatever, that remains to be seen. But. Bill Buckner, uh, we'll miss you. Sorry if I offended you, but you Twitter, please go away, Twitter. I can't take it anymore. All right, let's get to the NBA Finals. Now that I got that off my chest. Um, somehow, 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 the Milwaukee Bucks blew it. They blew it. Toronto won four in a row, not even four to five. I said if you wanted Toronto down two to one or two to two, at least take them in seven. But no, they won the whole thing. They won it in six. Uh, Big, massive, massive letdown there. Uh, 15 point. Brother Brian, I think you had over 15 and a half for the largest lead. Milwaukee got to 15 yep. and uh, couldn't, couldn't push it any further, right? Yeah, they had like, I think they had two separate opportunities about three different times. I think like six times in total they could have, they were at 15 or 14 and they could have uh, got above the 15 and a half, but uh, it did not happen. Uh, there was one time too, Giannis was right underneath the basket. Uh, passed up a wide, well, passed up like a maybe a slightly contested layup for a three pointer that was missed. So that was a, you know, not a not a real bad beat, but it, it was pretty bad. No, it's bad. It's a, as bad a meltdown as you get in that an important game like that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm happy for Toronto. I guess Rachel Bennett is my co-host on Locking In. She's flying back there. She's a Toronto native. Um, Kawhi Leonard's amazing. Um, we forget that, or at least I forgot. He was 22 when he won an MVP, and we'll go over MVP odds uh, in the finals in 2012. Um, he doesn't seem like he's going away anytime soon. Let's um, set it up here. Golden State is minus 280 to win this thing. Toronto on the take back is plus 230. If you go game one, uh, Golden State is minus one, 214.5 is the over-under. It's been ping-ponging back and forth. Toronto has been favored by one. Golden State favorite. It doesn't really matter. 
I will say this, um, Toronto 2-0 and against Golden State this season. I don't think that matters. They were 1-1 and against the spread. Uh, one of those games, Leonard didn't play, and that's when uh, Toronto won. And one of those games, Curry didn't play. And, uh, well, that Toronto won that one, too. So they're 2-0. But I don't lay any credence to that. Uh, I'm going to read a couple more things. Golden State in game ones. I had this. Where is this now? Golden State in game ones the last four seasons. They won by 8, 15, 22, and 10. Now, these are all home games. Um, so there's going to be a difference here. Here's another stat. It would be tainted by the fact that they're not home. Teams with a, over a week off before game one of the finals. San Antonio won by 15 and 05. They won by 9 and 07, 13. They won by four. And in 2017, Golden State won by 22. So I don't know what you make of game one. You guys may have this as your uh, best bet later on. But let's talk about the series. Harry, how do you see this series going? Uh, are you betting with your heart or do you want to see the underdog win? That This is how it's going to go. You know what? Actually, I am a little bit with the underdog here. Uh, and the, the way I want it to happen is the Raptors in seven games. Let's go seven games at plus 500. Uh, you know, let's go against Golden State for once. All, I'm going to predict that all home teams win here. Seven games, all home teams win. Raptors have the second-best record in the Eastern Conference this year. Warriors not trying it done the season. Losing easy wins might just cost them here. Uh, I mean, the Warriors sweeping Portland was more the Blazers choking in the fourth quarter than the Warriors looking impressive. I know Draymond Green looked great, and he was awesome against Portland. But I think uh, the Raptors have more physical bodies to throw at him and could cause his boards and ability to find open uh, men decrease. I mean, Toronto's getting quality minutes from Ibaka, Gasol, Norman Powell, and this Fred Van Vliet has given this team the extra boost they need and the chance to win it all. Look, how impressive was Toronto when they took down the Bucks in game six? I mean, if it wasn't for Brooke Lopez in the fourth, fourth quarter scoring all the points late, Toronto would have won that game by 15, like you said, Salah. They took four straight. Amazing. The Raptors can do it. Raptors in seven at plus 500. I'm taking it. I should uh, read the odds to you, the exact games. Raptors in seven are five to one. Golden State in seven is also five to one. Golden State to sweep is five to one. To win in five is four to one. The odds on expected favorite result, Golden State in six is plus 260. And if you like Toronto, like uh, Harry says, five to one in seven, 40 to one to sweep, 10 to one in five, 10 to one in six. Um, Brother Bry, uh, we'll talk about the largest lead real quick again. Largest lead, I think it's 16. 10 of the Golden State 16, 16 Golden State playoff games have gone over the largest lead. Um, but you like Golden State for the series, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's uh, over over 16. I was, I was staring at that one, too. Uh, I was thinking about that for the best step. But, yes, I do like the Warriors in six, which I'm assuming most people do at plus 250. I feel like if you are going to go Raptors, probably is right to how Harry's doing it in seven games. I don't think they'd win the series in less than seven. But I feel like they're going to pull out one of the first two, win both at home, probably lose game five, come back at home game six and win it there. Look, I was really impressed with Toronto in that series. Their defense was awesome. Kyle Lowry was awesome. But I do feel like the Bucks became one-dimensional. Like, it, it pretty much was like, here, Giannis, just try and run over the Raptors and score. And if not kick it out for a three, but they were doing a good job getting out and defending the three, and they just missed a ton of shots. So I think the Raptors in this series are going to struggle. Um, Curry is 15-2 and two against Toronto. Let's not forget, 
with Steph and without KD, they are 31 and one, which is it really is amazing, and, mm-hmm. and that actually that does mean something here. Um, so I do think the most likely scenario is the Warriors in six. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they won in five. Um, I wouldn't be necessarily surprised, I guess, if they lost in seven. But Warriors in six seems to be at plus two fifty. I think that makes the most sense. Last couple of years, they've kind of. Uh really kind of knocked it out early they won in five in 2017 they swept obviously last year you know that game one was crazy against lebron um i agree with you brother brian i think golden state in six is the play it's it's nothing special because it is the odds on favorite choice at plus 260 i think they tie it unlike harry i think it's gonna be two two and then they win game five in toronto and then they finish it up at home, they win game six. I think Toronto gives them a little t- – this is the type of team that Golden State has trouble with. You know, check defensively. You love this parlay, kid. The East Coast basketball, right? Like, they have a little trouble defensively. The only thing – you know, they're not facing Brogdon or Middleton or all these guys. They're facing good shooters, yep. and uh, that's, I think, going to be the difference. You like Golden State in this series, right? Yes, I kind of agree with what Brian said and what Harry said in terms of some of the uh... – their picks right there. So I'm gonna, I like kind of Golden State in seven, Sal. I know they're going to have to win a game right there at the end on the road. But like you said, I could see this going 2-2 with them each grabbing a game on the road. Right? Sometimes the Warriors have one of those letdown game at home. Uh, and I could see, you know, I, I definitely don't think Toronto's uh, going to win both the first two games at home. So let's say it's 2-2. Then I think it's they both win uh, – a game there, and then we'll see game seven. And so if that gets to that point, game seven, is Golden State at this point playing for possibly being called the greatest team of all time? Could they throw their name into that? I know people have already done that in some cases, but a championship here would thrust them into that, to me, into that conversation of being the greatest team of all time, or at least one of them. And I think... That would propel them in a game seven. I really do think that would propel them in game seven. So, look, Leonard was the MVP of that last series, but Van Vliet, this guy shot 14 for 17 from three point range in the last three games. There is no way that's happening again. So, in the previous seven games before that, he had made six total shots in the seven games before that. So, his last three games, those huge games, he caught fire. He was the X factor in that series for Toronto. I do not expect that to happen again. Gasol against Brooke Lopez, they kind of canceled each other out with their slow footedness, right? Mm-hmm. That's not I don't think that I don't think that's gonna work against Golden State. I mean, Gasol's not gonna be able to keep up with that pace at all. But let's face it, Kawhi is so outstanding. Uh, I think this team finds a way to make it a series. But let's say, you know, five to one, Golden State in seven, and just that game seven just willing themselves to a victory so they can call themselves possibly the greatest team of all time. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I feel like, I think, like, if you like Golden State in this series, forget about the exact games. Do you wait for game one? If they lose game one, you're going to get it back to minus 180 or something, somewhere around there. If they win game one, in Toronto, they're going to be probably a minus 550 or some something crazy, right, yep. Brother Bry? But, Paulie, kid, you hit it on the head. Uh, it's the bench. Van Vliet's great 
Uh, Ibaka had nine off the bench in that game six. Powell, Norm Powell had nine. Oh. You know, when you're talking about 32 bench points, that's tough for uh, Golden State to match up with. But, um, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to this here. As far as their legacy goes, I think they're one of the great teams of all time. I worry that people are going to look back on this series and be like, oh, they beat Toronto. That's uh, what, what right. that team. That team never made it before. They're never going to make it again. It's not like they're playing LeBron again. But, yeah, all they do is beat the competition. What are you going to do? I think Kerr has 18 out of 19 series wins, and we know this is their fifth trip in a row. But let's talk about MVP for a second. Oh, Actually, Tate, I want to get your take on this. I actually believe it's going to go seven games, and I think game one goes to Toronto. The thing that worries me about the Warriors is uh, Draymond Green having to match up with Kawhi Leonard. He's been so great, uh, especially offensively and just active. You know, I think he had 18, 20, and 16 in the final three games against Portland. So if he's doing a lot of stuff on defense against Kawhi, getting tired, not able to help as much on offense, that maybe will show. Uh, so I can see them going to, to seven games, and I like the Warriors in the end winning on the road. You mentioned Draymond Green. Let's talk about the MVP, guys. Steph is minus 160 uh, to win this MVP. And I'm going to, you know, I'll give you my pick right now. I think as long as this guy's averaging 36 points a game um, without Kevin Durant, and I'm I'm hearing now that Kevin Durant is not going to play at all. But as long as that continues, if you're going to get 36 a game on the winning team, you're going to win MVP. But let's humor ourselves here. Kawhi is plus 250. Clay Thompson, eight to one. We're going to get to that one in a second. Draymond, like we mentioned, 10 to one. Durant, he's going to have to play to uh, for this to be worth it. 20 to one. Shockham, uh, Shockham, 45 to one. Lowry, who we've hated for years, all of a sudden the superstar, 70 to one. Iggy, he's won this before. Iguodala, 100 to one. And hey, let's put a few bucks on Freddie Van Vliet at 250 to one. <laughs> but uh, Brother Bry, I think you like Draymond Green. Build a case for him for us. Yeah, so I mean, I, I totally hear what what Tate's saying. The fact that he's going to be matched up with Kawhi, it's going to be that's going to be tough, especially for him offensively. But like, he's playing at a ridiculous level right now. He's definitely. I feel like he's in the best physical shape I've ever seen him in. You know, he looks muscular. Uh, he has four triple doubles this postseason. He's averaging 14 points, 10 rebounds, eight assists, one and a half steals, two blocks a game. Without KD, he's really pushing the pace for the Warriors. That's why they've been playing so well. Uh, I mean, I've, look if. He can very easily in this series average a triple-double, or at least close to it, have a few games where he scores maybe 20, 25. If he slows down Kawhi even a little bit, it's a plus. Look, I do think for some of the other guys, I mean, I don't necessarily think Steph at minus 160 is the best value just because I'd probably just rather bet them to win at, at minus 280. And I think for me, Clay. In order for Clay to win, I think he's got to have one of those games where he hits 12 threes or he averages. He's going to have to average over 30 a game, so or maybe even over 35 for him to win it. So, uh, to me, Draymond uh, at 10 to 1 is best value for the Golden State. Well, your best friend Alec might disown you for uh, brushing by the the Steph Curry for MVP <laughs> choice right there. But um, yeah, I do see what you're saying. And conversely, you know, we could talk about a joke about Freddie Van Vliet and those guys, but. Would, why would you take Kawhi at plus 250 when you can get the whole team um, and uh, who's going to have to win anyway for Kawhi to win at, you know, at a number plus 230, you know, about the same number. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Harry, you like Kawhi, though, for MVP. Yeah, I mean, if I like the Raptors to win in seven, they win game seven at home. I, you got to like Leonard at plus 250. Uh, I mean, he, he's, the, he's the one man uh, that's doing everything for this team. He leads with 30, 31 points per game in the playoffs. He leads the team with nine boards, getting like almost two steals. It's, a, it's almost like if the Raptors win the championship, it's uh, it's his 
and that and, and only his. It's like the Tom Brady factor. And I mean, now Edelman did win last year, but Brady's won the MVP in the Super Bowl a couple times where maybe he didn't deserve to. This is going to be his no matter what. So, like, it, it's quite obvious. Like, if Toronto wins, the hardware is Leonard's, and no one will even be else. No one else really will be considered. It's going to be his. But yeah, uh, you, you wouldn't take you. You mentioned it already, but you wouldn't take that though. A plus two twenty. I mean, it's plus two twenty five or plus two fifty. There's there's absolutely no value on that. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. Taking it singularly. Yeah, Brian, I do worry about Draymond. I love. It. I mean, it's crazy. It ends a series with two triple doubles. But he has is going to have to cover guys who hit threes. He's not going to be around there for rebounds and stuff like that. I do, I do think his numbers are going to suffer a little. Now, Parley kid, you already you're already a winner with this. Doesn't matter what how the games shake out. You, Clay Thompson, was not named to the NBA all the All NBA team, and he's like kind yep. of ambushed by a reporter and told about this. <laughs> and you know, and and then we find out that he now can't be a max contract guy, so he has yeah. to. He's losing a lot of money because the media is voting on these All NBA teams. It's so ridiculous. it's very strange. Ridiculous. We try to figure out a different way to do this. It doesn't seem fair. If I had a say in this, like. Uh, uh, the James Harden would be on food stamps. He would never get paid because I don't like I don't like his game. But anyway, the point is, you took Clay at fifty to one to win the MVP before the right. uh, the finals was set up, down to eight to one now. Good for you. That's incredible, Sal. And I I did advise the rest of us to take Clay at that moment as soon as he was snubbed from that team. I said, guys, jump on this because he's going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder, right? He's got to be because. Yeah. You can't get this super max contract based on these writers voting for who makes the all NBA team, the top three teams. What a joke. And look, why can't Clay step up this series? He could easily be a guy who's going to average. And I know Brian thinks he's got to get 30. I don't know. Um, you know, maybe the media makes it back up to him here, Sal, too. And, and, and when they vote here yeah. at the end, if this guy averages 25, 5, and 5, say, in this series, and plays excellent defense, which he is wont to do, uh, why can't he be MVP? Uh, right. I think at, at, at 10 to 1, I think he'd be good. But I lucked out. I jumped on him right away at 50 to 1. And uh, I really like that. Also, I have Draymond at 10 to 1, too. I did jump on that. And, you know, we might be looking back two weeks from now going, yeah, Curry was so easy. It was such, such an easy bet just taking Curry, right? So, um well, it's going to be fun because we're on a we're we're on a text chain with this guy Alec who just absolutely loves <laughs> Steph Curry. I mean, would marry give up his kids for him. He really would. But uh, yeah, and, and you know it's going to be close. It could be between Draymond, uh, Clay, and Steph, and Steph's going to win, and that, that's just going to make his argument. We're, we're well, just going to hate it that much more. One question: One question is, who's guarding Curry in this series? Like, who, who's you know uh, are they putting Leonard on him? Are they, is that possible? Uh, is is that what's happening? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, Lowry, that, Leonard, that they might do everything. Uh, Lowry's not going to be able to cover him, I, I wouldn't think. So no. I would think uh, maybe Kawhi's going to have to step up to that. And if that's the case, Curry, uh, he might struggle a little bit. You yeah. know? Uh, Clay Thompson averaging 23 a game, shooting 42% from three over the last six games. That bodes well for the parlay kid. I, I think I misspoke. I said Kawhi won the MVP in 2012 finals. It was... 2014. Uh, what do you say? What are you going to say about this, Tate? 
who's the one shining podcast representatives on the all on the uh MVP team. Uh, one thing that I see that's pretty interesting, and it's probably a really outlandish claim, but Iguodala is at plus 10,000 on that list. Uh, yeah. And I think it's one 100 of those. 100 to 1. Yeah, 100 to 1. And it's one of those things where if in the first two games, the Raptors win both games at home, Iguodala is sort of limited because of the Im- injury, and they have Draymond guarding Kawhi, and it's not working out. And then Iguodala comes back in game three, you know, more healthy, and they win four straight games and rip it off. He maybe gets the, you know, the way LeBron, he guarded Kawhi like he guarded LeBron. He gets that little bump. So that me. That could be something like crazy that you could put on it. Um, and then also talking about game seven, going back to Toronto, if Clay has one of those games like he did against OKC in 20, or yeah, 2017 um, or 2016 when he went crazy and hit all mm-hmm. the shots on the road, maybe Clay steals it uh, at the end. So I, I like Clay as well as a real one. All right. Look, look at what Tate did. He convinced me to put money on Iguodala. I'm going to join the parlay kid, <laughs> but put it on Clay and Draymond with Brother Bry. And then, I, and then we know Steph Curry is going to win. This is going to be so anticlimactic. All right. Uh, hey, football, 100 days away. That seems like too many. It seems like too many. It should be like 30 or 40, but we'll deal with it. There's 100 days until football. We thought we'd go over the best value for a team to win their division. I'm going to uh, list the favorites here for each division. Philly, plus 110. Wow, people love Carson Wentz this year. Absolutely love this uh, comeback bid. Chicago in the uh, NFC North, plus 175. New Orleans minus 190 in the South. The Rams minus 150 in the West, to repeat. And then the AFC, New England. Uh, listen, best value, New England's minus 500. That's it. They've won 10 years in a row. Double-digit wins in 16 straight years, as long as TB12's back there. They're, they're the best value. But we'll have this conversation anyway. AFC North, probably the most overvalued team, in, maybe in sport. I mean, they're the Tiger Woods of the NFL. The Cleveland Browns are plus 130. Uh, I don't know what that clubhouse is going to be like, but um, they, they haven't played yet with all these uh, superstars, but we'll see how that ends up. The Colts minus 120 for the AFC South and the Kansas City Chiefs at minus 180. Um, let's see, Harry, I agree with you. Uh, let's you make a case for the Chargers and I'll pick up the pieces. You got it. Uh, yeah, for the AFC West, I got the Chargers at plus 220. Look, despite how great the Chiefs were last year putting up crazy offensive numbers, the Chargers still finished tied in the AFC West at 12-4 and and posting a very impressive 7-1 and record on the road. Uh, they were plus 99 points in game point differential as well. Denver and Oakland are trying to figure out a lot of new pieces in their offenses. Uh, KC has plenty of issues that they need to fix on defense. Uh, 37-year-old Phillip Rivers is healthy and ready to give it another shot. L.A. has plenty of weapons on offense still. Melvin Gordon is still a stud, and we all know that. Uh, but it seems like whoever the Chargers throw in the backfield, they produce. Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson were a big help when Gordon was injured last year. Keenan Allen, Travis Benjamin, Mike Williams are all back and look for a second year. Uh, look for second year wide receiver Clemson Artavis Scott to make a con- contribution this year as well. Hunter Henry is back from injury. Seem easily could be in the top three of the league in scoring. Uh, Boza and Mebane uh, lead uh, L.A. on the defense and finally believe that uh, have it, they have a kicker and they don't have an issue yeah. with kicking anymore with this Michael Badley uh, mm-hmm. that we said Badley that we said last year, Sal. I mean, and the kicking game actually cost them the division last year. A couple games where they definitely should have won and had, didn't have to do different things on defense late in games, they could easily they could have won the division last year. So now that they have that fixed, plus yeah. 220, a lot of questions with the Chiefs on defense. Not bad. 
I like it too. I don't think the Raiders are stepping up to win the division. Um, you know, I don't, uh, you know, I, I the Chiefs, I, I, it's weird because I think like Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell leaving, the Steelers might just be fine, might be better. The Chiefs without Hill and Kareem Hunt, I, I think they take a step down. I don't know why. Everyone's all over the Chiefs. Big, big favorite. Mahomes was a great, great season. But like you said, Harry, neck and neck all season. Both ended up 12 and four. They beat that. Brother Bry was with, with me. I almost crashed my car. They beat the Chiefs on that Thursday night game. It was a two-point conversion. Really would have won the division. They lost a dumb game to the Ravens, I think, uh, one or two Saturdays later. But really, they're right there to win the division. Like you said, Harry, two years ago, kicker cost them. To get them at plus 220, I think, is good value in the AFC West. They're going to be right there. Um, Parlay Kid, who do you like? Best value. So best value, I'm taking the Falcons at plus 400. Uh, to win that division, you know they've really spent a lot of money this year, uh, this off season, on the offensive line. And where the teams, uh, you know, that win improve, it's on the line of scrimmage zone. So they've really done that. Uh, you know, Steve Sarkeesian has been uh, showing the door, and Dirk Cotter is is back with the Falcons, uh, and he's going to be installing kind of like an old offense and plus a little bit of a new offense for Matt Ryan. Combining some old with some new, I really like that. You have Jones and Ridley and Sanu at one of the top wide receiving cores in the NFL. Uh, I think Matt Ryan is uh, poised. He's been very good. I think he's poised to have an excellent year this year. Uh, head coach Quinn has promised that the defense is going to be a little bit more nastier. And so, quite frankly, quite frankly, I'm waiting for Drew Brees' demise. I just feel like, and I, mm. I'm a, a Breeze fan. I do like Breeze, but his arm strength is just not there. I'm so shocked that he can still get it done with, I guess it's just his IQ. I think teams are going to really know how to defend uh, the Saints passing game this year. I think they're going to make it very difficult on Breeze. I think the Falcons take a little bit of a, a bump up here and they steal this division. I, I really like them at plus 400. All right. You know, I, I have the Falcons every year in the futures to win a division yep. or to win. It worked a couple yep. of years ago, obviously, when they went to the Super Bowl. They, they've killed me lately. And I, for some reason, I've latched on to the Saints. I can't think like the league owes them for that despicable ending to their season. Yeah, it's crazy with Breeze. Like, he, he not only had – he's as accurate as ever and uh, more accurate than any passer ever, 74% completion right. rate. And, uh, you know, he, he just keeps doing it. They – I, I would tend to go with the Saints here. I don't mind uh, at four to one for the Falcons, but I do like what the Saints did. They they picked up Malcolm Brown. It's always nice to have a uh, an ex-Patriote on the defensive end of the ball, and uh, I think Latavius Murray um, filling in for Mark Ingram as a change of pace back is good. But that that'll come down the wire. I don't mind the Falcons at four to one. Brother Bry, you're going AFC, right? Yeah, so I'm going to take the Ravens at plus 350. So when I was looking at value, I went straight to the AFC North. I think the Browns are overvalued. I mean, getting them at what, plus 130 is really low. Uh, so I debated between the Steelers at plus 180 and the Ravens at plus 350, but I think these teams are too close for that big of a gap. So I looked at all three schedules. All three have pretty difficult schedules. I still think the Ravens continue to be underappreciated. They've only really had one bad year since 2007. They went 6-1 and one with Lamar Jackson last year at quarterback. They lost a bunch of defensive players, but they brought in Earl Thomas. They added a bunch of playmakers for Jackson and Marquise Brown and Boykin. Uh, they also brought in Ingram. They brought in another running back in the draft. So 
They brought in a lot of talent around them. I feel like at plus 350, you know the Ravens at least probably going into the last one or two games are going to be right in there for the division. So at plus 350 right now, I mean, usually I go against them and they always screw me every year. So uh, I think at plus 350 is a good value. I like that. The one thing I read about them the other day is that Lamar Jackson, he had a, what's his name? Norman came in as the new, he replaced uh, Morningweg. Greg, Greg Roman, rather, replaced uh, Marty Morningweg as offensive coordinator. Lamar Jackson claims he said he had no idea they were installing a new offense. So um, I think he's smart. He'll be able to figure out. But that did jump out as weird to me. Uh, I, I like, uh, in the North, I like anyone but the Browns. Like I said, I, I feel they're way, way overvalued. A part of me would like to see Pittsburgh do this. They've got a nice piece to fill in for Ryan Chazier, and they're playing the season for him and everything. But it'll be a, a dogfight for sure, um, those three teams, I think, at the top of the AFC North. And plus 350 is a, a pretty good value. Tate, you like anybody? Yeah, I, th- I have a little, little thing with the NFC West. I think the Rams may take a, a step back just because of the Super Bowl hangover. Mm. So I like the Seahawks plus 280. Uh, you know, Russell and Bustle, I think he has a big year this year. seems like <laughs> Schneider and, uh, you know, uh, Pete Carroll kind of figured out their relationship. And I think if they pay Bobby Wagner, he comes into camp and is there from day one, then, you know, the Seahawks are kind of prepped for a big year. Yeah, that's not bad. The Rams are minus 150 to win that division. I don't necessarily like the Rams to win the division, but their over-under is 10 and a half. They had, uh, they were 13 and three last year, and they tanked that last game against the 49ers in week 17. They didn't. They didn't need it, so they lost it. And I just don't think they drop off that much more. They could be eleven and five to lose to the Seahawks, though. Uh, I will say that you know these odds aren't going to change much. That's what's weird. We're only in, um, we're not even really in June, and these odds, uh, barring injury, are not going to really change. So it's a hundred days left. But um, yeah, jump on these while you can, while you like them. Very exciting. Football's back, guys. Not really, but <laughs> it's back on this podcast. All right. That brings us to our sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. Each week, the Degenerate Trifecta and I set sail, tackling pretend propositions related to sports and pop culture events. Let's talk about annoying celebrity hoops. Who is the most annoying celebrity hoop super fan? This is um, is what the captain wants us to answer, and I think it's on the heels of Drake getting a cutaway for these games. Every 10 seconds, we see Drake. Uh, massaging Nick Nurse's shoulders. Uh, uh, I don't know. The, people love it. People hate it. He's installed as the favorite, as the most annoying celebrity hoop super fan at five to two. Spike Lee four to one. Justin Bieber six to one. Ashley Judd seven to one. The Field nine to two. Brother Bry, take us away. Is it Drake? Oh, you know I hate Drake at this point in time. Look, I'm fine with being a passionate super fan. I'm just. I'm not questioning his fandom, but it's now becoming way too much with Drake. It's now more about him than it is the Raptors. And you said it before, whether he's massaging the coach or giving crazy interviews, or what everybody's talking about what he's wearing. I I don't know. To me, it's just I wonder how much it annoys these opposing players. Like Draymond Green, he might get more satisfaction of like shutting Drake up than beating the actual Raptors. And one thing I'll say is like whenever Smash Mouth, which may be the most annoying band of all time, <laughs> thinks you are annoying, you must be really <laughs> annoying. So I really, I really hope the Warriors play All Star by Smash Mouth like every every intermission of the game that Drake. Uh, that would, to me, that would be fantastic. Uh, but like that would make sense. They're Mouth, they're a team of yeah, All Stars, so yeah, uh, yeah, that's funny. I feel like um, Spike Lee wasn't as beloved for doing the kind of the same thing, although Spike Lee would go after players. Harry 
You have Spike Lee on your list, right? Yeah, I think Spike Lee, I mean, honestly, Drake is a cupcake compared to Spike Lee with what he did with his battles with Reggie Miller and the Pacers. I mean, he was just so beyond annoying and got away with so much, uh, ripping the Pacers and Reggie Miller. It was so over the top. It took away from the playoff games, you know? I mean, it, I mean, it, 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 it got Reggie, Miller, Reggie Miller's juices flowing. And he went. He was unbelievable in that series against the Knicks, especially that's the, one of the main deal. But I mean, honestly, it was just too much over the top. And I think, uh, you know, he's still annoying in those Capital One commercials during the NCAA hoops. You know, honestly, what is he? I mean, he he can't be a. He's not even that big of a fan Knicks fan anymore because they've been so bad so 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 long that he can't even be there and really root and go against the opposing player because the Knicks are getting blown out every game. But he even gets these commercials with uh. Samuel L. Jackson and uh, Charles Barkley, and, he, and why? Why? So annoying. He blows well, away. Well, that, that, yeah. All right, Paulie Kid, you're going to go on Spike Lee, lifelong Knicks fan. You're torn with Spike Lee, or yeah. is he even on your list? Um, you know, at first I was going to go off the board, and then I started thinking about Drake, and I don't know. I, I should I hate Drake more than I do? I really, I really don't hate Drake that this, that much with this uh, with this fandom with the Raptors. It really doesn't bother me. Something strikes me as maybe he knows a little bit about the team, et cetera. So I can I can relate to that. Uh, so I'll agree with Harry. I'll, I'll go with Spike Lee right here. Uh, and I, I tell you what, because I do think as a fan, I remember uh, you know twenty plus years ago in some of these games, I used to get angry watching these Knicks games, thinking Spike Lee is willing this other team to victory. Yeah. Like Spike Lee is pissing this team off so much. They want to beat the Knicks. Like, and I actually felt that. I don't think, I, right, Harry? I wasn't the only one sure. who felt this way. You really felt like Spike Lee is screwing the Knicks. Like, that's what you yeah. felt like. When people came into the garden, they wanted to shove it in Spike Lee's face and beat the Knicks even more than they really wanted to in the first place. And that's how I felt. I don't know if it really, was really true or not. Darren, wasn't I like did the, feel that Darren, way. Didn't the Daily News, like, call out the Spike Lee on a couple of more, uh, morning papers, too, with, where I be- enough's enough? Basically, I believe you're correct. It was yes because he was feuding with Miller, not just Miller, with a lot of players. He'd get under, you know, get under their skin, and all these dumps on sudden these guys are dropping forty on the Knicks, you know. And you're like, come yeah. on, just be quiet, Spike. Root for the team, and that's it. So let's take Spike Lee. Let's do the I'm right thing. You. I'm with you. You did the right thing there. Yeah, Parley Kid. It's hard to say if Spike Lee is never born, if Reggie Miller misses those crazy shots against the Knicks, and they've done a 30 for 30 on it and everything else. But uh, it's hard to say that. But it is pretty easy to think that that's the case when Reggie Miller drains a three and immediately turns around and gets in Spike's face and has the finger up to his lips and everything, like, shut shut up, shut up. And as a Knicks fan, you were probably like, oh, Please don't go to the game, right? Get, be, get, stay home with mononucleosis or something. Don't come to these games, Spike, because you, you felt like really these these other players were stepping it up against the Knicks who had trouble, their own trouble scoring. And uh, in addition to that, I'll never forgive Spike for throwing the garbage can through the window of Sal's Pizzeria. I can never do that. And that's That really was the cause of Radio Raheem's death. You could say what you want, but you know that set the wheels in motion. So sorry, Spike. Um, that we feel this way about you, but Tate, which uh, you were too young to remember Spike Lee at these games, but who do you pick? Uh, I was going to say, I wish that uh, Draymond would do the choking thing over to Drake at some point in the series. That seems like it's uh, only <laughs> fitting, but we'll see what happens for me. Uh, I remember I went to a Carolina game in 2008. Ashley Judd happened to be there uh, wearing Kentucky stuff. She was going crazy. 
And of course, my mom reminded me that uh, I think it was like in the 1990s, someone tried to give her a North Carolina jacket while she was on set. And she said, I'd, I'd just as soon uh, freeze to death and wear that jacket. So uh, for me, it's going to be Ashley Judd. Oh, all right. I've had, you know, I threw this uh, question around work a lot. Uh, people said Ashley Judd. A lot of people were uh, J- Justin Bieber's on the list only because like you don't know who he roots for. He, he <laughs> just shows up uh, everywhere and um, looks a spectacle of himself. But yeah, that'll be fun. They actually have odds uh, if you find it on Drake getting thrown out of a game, uh, whose face he'll get uh, into with, with uh, first. Will he touch the coach? There's a whole bunch of uh, odds you can find on Drake. But all right, I think we. We hit that substantially. That's another week of Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. All right. Sharp Tank. Here we go. A lot going on. St. Louis, Boston, hockey game two. Golden State, Milwaukee game one. Uh, there's MMA. There's boxing. Ruiz fights. You could see that on the zone. Uh, the PGA Memorial Tournament. French Open. I've won a couple of parlays in the French Open, Harry. I don't know how this is happening, but uh, there's a WNBA game maybe for you, Harry. What's uh, Take it away, Harry. What, which, what's going to be your best bet? I will uh, take one of these and bet it myself. You know what? I'm going to hit the uh, memorial. I'm going to go back to golf this week, and I'm going to take Tiger Woods to finish in the top 10 at minus 105. Tiger has won this tourney five times in his career. He loves playing there. It'll be his 17th start there. He averages uh, 70 around. And I feel like he needs a real nice performance before everyone heads to Pebble Beach in a couple of weeks for the U.S. Open, where he also has played very well historically. This is Jack Nicholas's tourney, and Tiger likes to really try to put a solid performance together for him and Jack. Woods is number five in the world rankings. He has three top tens this season. Let's make it four with this week at the Memorial. Tiger Woods at minus 105 to finish in the top ten. All right, Parlay Kid, you like uh, Game 2, St. Louis, Boston? Boston stole one. Yeah, I mean, so we got to get a little hockey. Yeah, yeah. we got to get a little hockey in, right? And I think after Boston, uh, yeah, they got once they got rid of some of the rust uh, last night, they, uh, oh, man, they were, they were superior in periods two and three last night. So uh, what I'm going to do, so I'm going to take a parlay. I'm going to take the Boston to win the game at minus one. On minus 170 and the under in the game at minus 140, under five and a half. Uh, it's going to equal out to plus 172 because I think the only way I think St. Louis realizes right now, they're going to have to play a really close to the vest game here. They're going to be very conservative, hope to keep this close and then steal a game at the end. I don't think they're going to do that. Hmm. I could see a two or three to one game here for the Bruins. Uh, and then the Bruins, they just might sweep through this series at this point. They are, to me right now, head and shoulders above uh, uh, any team right now. They just combine that physicality with skill and good goaltending and everything you want in the team. And they're just playing with such confidence right now. Nothing against the Blues, but uh, they might just be happy to be here at this point. This, this Bruin team seems like they're on a mission. So the uh, I like thing... them to win. Yeah. I, I like them to win and the under. Yep. The only thing they don't have the Bruins is uh, Gloria in their post-game celebratory song, like St. Louis. Like that, that's I couldn't, Laura Brannigan's Gloria. And uh, apparently, like, there's some radio stations that play <laughs> Gloria 24 hours a day just to get uh, the blues oh. pumped up. But, yeah, I, yes. I think you're right, Parley Kid. I think it's – let me, let me give you a couple of stats. First of all, that guy, we talked about him last week, he's holding that $100,000 ticket. He wins $100,000 yes. on that. 
what was it? He bet it in January when St. Louis was in last place. He's, uh, he would not hedge. He, he was offered 40. He was offered, I think, 45,000. Oh. He would not hedge. He's going to be at game two. God bless him. I don't know his financial situation, but he's not hedging. Oh. This might be Ken. This might be your boss, Ken, Harry, that's holding on to this. He wouldn't, uh, you know, because I mean, that's not something he would brag about. But uh, something else I wanted to point out. Uh, first of all, I, I won last night on St. Louis to score a goal in the first period. That's now happened in four straight Blues games in seven of the last eight games. So I like that again right. in game two. And I will say uh, our buddy, uh, Fast Eddie Milton over here, who's uh, putting in my new television system. Actually, we might have to drop the Fast because it's now been three weeks since um, the TVs have all been working. But anyway, <laughs> Fast Eddie, has uh, he, he took ball. He did an interesting thing. He Fast took Eddie. the Bruins. It was 2-2 after two periods. He took them minus a goal and a half at plus 475. And I'm like, Wow, all that has to happen is they score the only goal in this third period and then uh, you know get an empty netter at the end. That's exactly what happened. Look for those kinds of odds right, right there. When a game is tied going into the yeah. third, you can get close to five to one for the home team. Pretty wow. good at minus one and a half. All Jeez. right, Paulie Kid, I will uh, analyze yours in a second. Brother Bry, what's yeah. your best bet? All right, I debated uh, UFC. I debated the Joshua fight. Um, debated a lot of things, but I'm going to go back to one of my favorites. I'm going to take... The Warriors in the first quarter, which is a pick in game one. Like they came back down to earth a little bit in the last series, going 2-2 two and two in the first quarter. But their record in the playoffs in the first quarter is still phenomenal. Toronto, on the other hand, has struggled out of the gate, and especially in the last two, getting beat up uh, to Milwaukee. Um, again, early in those first two quarters, the last two, ga- the last two games. They're 2-4 and four in the first quarters in the last series. They were 3-4 and four in the first quarter against Philly. Warriors were the best first quarter team by far all year. I think, you know, they've had such a long rest. I mean, you would think maybe they'll come out rusty, but I think they're going to come out flying with tons of energy. It'll probably take the Raptors a little bit of time to adjust. There's only so many, you know, only so many times you get this Warriors line in the first quarter at even or even like a plus half. I mean, very Mm -hmm. few times you get it. So uh, I feel like when you get it, you should take it. Uh, Again, even though it seems like maybe they'll be rusty, I think the opposite's going to happen, at least in the first quarter. I don't they're going to win the game, but uh, I think first quarter they went. All right. Let me look at these now. All right, Harry, you have top 10 Tiger. I, I, I don't think, I mean, that is minus 105. So in real life, what is that? Like a, a golfer of his, like what, what is, what's top 10 for uh, Xander Shuffle or, or, or any, like not even Rory. I, I would mean, like a Molinari or like equivalent. What is it like? Plus, well, Rory, Rory is the favorite, by the way, at that at top ten to be minus one forty-five. But Shoffley would probably be, uh, um, he would probably be plus one thirty, one forty. Well, that's probably what I mean. These are comparable golfers to Tiger. Yeah, that, that you're yeah. paying for his name right there, right? I mean, I compared sure. him to the Cleveland Browns. Like, They're one the same right now. Five times. I'm going to pass on two, that. So consider that. Go ahead. No, I understand. I'm going to pass on. I don't want to root for Tiger. Uh, Parlay Kid, um, Bruins game two, minus 170. You know what? I don't, they had an unassisted, uh, they had an unassisted power play goal, which is kind of devastating for the, for the Blues, right? And their goaltender has really brought them, uh, like Bennington, he's really brought them, uh, he's really brought them around, but I could see him giving up a lot of goals. The under is what I have a problem with there. I could see like another four two, and I've been on the wrong side of so many freaking empty netters this year. 
I think I'm going to pass on that. Brother Bry, I'll, I'll take you. I'll go with you. Warriors first quarter. It's going to be interesting to see what this game, this game one, obviously the home and the way is different, but I read those stats earlier, how successful Golden State is with time off, how successful they are in game one. Obviously, they're on the road here, but Milwaukee, uh, I, I can't accept that Toronto's in this. Toronto, um, <laughs> Toronto, by the way, who I had losing to Orlando in seven games, but they did lose that game one. And like you said, they lost game one to Milwaukee. Uh, I'll go Warriors first quarter with you, brother, Brian. I, w- I did want to ask you, Gustafson in the MMA, do you like yeah. him? I was thinking of par- I was thinking of pairing him, Paulie Kid, you could jump in too, pairing him with Joshua by KO. And I think that's like minus 150 or something if you parlay those two. You have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I do think if I think if you're going to bet Gustafson, I would probably bet him to win inside the distance. But I like if you were betting him just to win that that's minus 320 or whatever he is, that right. that scares me because, yes, I right. mean, could def- he could definitely win that fight. I mean, Gustafson, the last fight against Jones looked terrible. Uh, I mean, he hasn't looked that great since, in all honesty, since first fight with Jones. So um, I do think that would be the play if you're going to play Gustafson to win inside the distance, but I probably yeah. wouldn't take him just to win. And Joshua by knockout, that should be that should be good? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, the guy, uh, the, the guy he's fighting, I don't know if you've seen what he looks like, but uh, I mean, I think Joshua, he's probably going to come to, you know, make a statement similar to Wilder knocking out uh, right. Uh, his guy in the first round last time. I think he's going to want to come out and put on a show, especially early on. Uh, but yeah, I would lean. I would lean Joshua. Maybe like you know, first four or five rounds. Brother Bry, very well rounded. Very well rounded sports better. He has it like the MMA. Like likes the combat sports. Joshua is talking boxing, and then he'll he'll bring his daughters to a, a soccer game, a friendly game, U.S. and uh, and Mexico. Brother Bry, where could people find you on Twitter? Or could they just find you at the yeah, soccer but, uh, games? The brother Bry, yep. I was at the uh, Women's World Cup exhibition game against uh, Mexico. It was a great experience for my daughter, especially my little daughter who's huge into soccer. Uh, she loved it. Uh, the only problem was it literally took us to get out of there. We sat in the parking garage for two hours. We did oh, not no. move for two hours. So uh, it took us like four hours to get home when it should have taken us an hour. So well, that really and put you- a sour. And uh, you got crushed sour. on the game. That too, put right, a bigger Brian? sour feeling. <laughs> Put yeah, a bigger sour, uh, sour feeling in my mouth than actually betting the over four and a half in that game, <laughs> and it was uh, three nothing. So I lost that one, but uh, it was it was good time overall. Now, well, I don't understand why is the over under four and a half in a soccer game? Do they play these friendlies? Are they uh, is it footloose and fancy free typically? Well, why would anyone bet over four and a half in a soccer game? Well, I just assumed. Well, I I did think it was a little too high, so that's kind of why I played the over. Plus, the over was like minus one sixty. But the way they've been scoring goals in some of these <laughs> exhibition games, U.S. U.S. alone's been getting five goals. So I was kind of like, I was hoping maybe Mexico snuck out one goal. Um, U.S. had a you know a couple opportunities when they went offside. Um, but yeah, I got a goal in the first like nine minutes, and I was uh, excited. And yeah. then there was another goal for another like fifty. So, uh, all right. All right. Brian's uh, at it. At deep brother, Brian and Parley yeah. kid, brother, Brian's brother. Where can people find you? Yep. So I'm at the chalk talker. Um, not much going on here right now regarding, uh, high school sports. So could give everybody a break with that. Uh, <laughs> let's look for Oklahoma again, uh, for the third time in four <laughs> years to win the NCAA softball title. 
I'm going to predict them and Washington in the finals with Oklahoma winning for the third time in four years. Good luck, ladies. All right. Speaking of Washington, Bridget Washington, my uh, my wardrobe gal, um, played for Texas, and oh, yeah, she also likes like. Oklahoma. She says they're they're unbeatable. But I, I like to see this UCLA yeah. team lose. They don't seem to be uh, beatable either. All right, um, Harry, I saw you this weekend. Uh, Harry was good enough. He gave me his car for the week. I was in Arizona, then took us to the airport. We got lost on the first or second turn, but we made it back, and we got to the airport. It was good seeing you. We had, uh, we had pizza at Pizzeria Bianco. Um, oh, everything's what else? great. It was a, it was a fun time, awesome. right? Yeah, yeah, great time. Yeah, yeah. Good seeing everybody. I'm glad I saw your cousins and everything before they headed out, so that was fun. Uh, and speaking of ladies, by the way, Friday, supposed to be attending my first WNBA game, Las Vegas at Phoenix. Uh, Bri, you like Phoenix a little bit, maybe? <laughs> uh, wait, who, who are they playing against? Your, uh, your aces, the team that you love. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't touch it. All right. Well, I'll be I'll be there uh, Friday night. First, uh, first. Uh, How first is this your first WNBA? WNBA? Game, so. You've been talking about the WNBA. Uh, I, I think know. before Come the on. league existed. Like I don't understand. Yeah, but I just haven't made it to a game. Every time I have tickets, I just I say I'm going to go and then I don't go. But how uh, much those girl, tickets cost, Terry? I got them free. Come on, <laughs> you know that. <laughs> what tickets do I pay for? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't pay. Uh, anyways, uh, you can find. I'm sure uh, my girlfriend will be posting pictures, so uh, you can find me on Facebook or uh, on Twitter at AO Harry. There'll be pictures of uh, me at the uh, Vegas Phoenix game. Uh, other than that, not too much going on this weekend. Are you you going to be posting pictures of you? What's up? Yeah, yeah are you, you going to be uh, hounding these girls in the lobby at the Marriott, wherever they're staying? Or is your girlfriend going to be okay with that? <laughs> yeah. She thinks a couple of them are pretty cute, so uh, she'll be okay with that. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Tate. by the way, by the way, I just, uh, and just, just throw in, I just got a text message. I really got to get going, actually. I'm at, for the first time, I'm doing the show here from the office instead of home. I got a mm-hmm. message from home from our maid right. <laughs> that uh, I have to go wrangle two more snakes. She sent me pictures of them. They're huge. I got to go. Home. I got to leave and go wrangle up two more snakes in the house. Ken right. has the butler and a maid? Yeah. Holy yeah, what's going on, Harry? Wow. You're supposed to be queen the house. Double All right, Tate, I think yeah. uh, I put it at plus 350 that we never see Harry again. I don't know. Two snakes <laughs> seems like a, too big a task for him, right? Yeah, we'll see what happens. I will say this. He may have some experience, and also we can make a show out of this. Harry the Snake Hunter. Oh, <laughs> true. This is true. So I don't I mind that at all. By the way, we're all going to be um, now. I, I, we're in Del Mar, right? Uh, for the, uh, for, we're going to be golfing. We're going to get new clubs. We're going to be betting on golf. That's in the middle of July. That's coming up. Tate, uh, one Shining Podcast, Keep, keeping it going, right? Yeah, One Shining Podcast once a week. Uh, we're going to have Greg Oden on the podcast tomorrow that will come out later in the week, actually. So we'll have two this week. So, uh, yeah, that's that's all happening on One Shining Podcast. All right, you have Greg Oden, and I have Lamar Odom, and they're not related at all as far mm-hmm. as I know. Maybe that's one thing I'll ask him. And we're going to have Lamar on the phone in about two minutes after these words. Ladies and gentlemen, the old way of watching sports is over. Stream over 100 fight nights a year without the pain of pay-per-view. Anthony Joshua coming to the United States to take on the Destroyer. 
Andy Ruiz Jr., Madison Square Garden in New York City. That's this weekend. Very exciting. Joshua, arguably the best heavyweight fighter in the world, holds three of the four major heavyweight titles, 22-0, and won all but one of those fights by knockout. Ruiz, on the other hand, 32 wins, 21 by knockout. He's looking to take advantage of his first ever world title fight. Will Joshua defend his IBF, WBO, and IBO world titles, or... Will Ruiz capitalize on the biggest fight of his life? Watch on DAZN. Hey, listeners, do you miss when sports networks cover just news and highlights without yelling and fake debates? Uh, I know I do. That's why I watch CBS Sports HQ. What is CBS Sports HQ? It's the free 24-hour sports network that's built for fans like you and me. I love that I can get tons of highlights, analysis, and instant game reaction. Everything that matters about the game. And if you enjoy placing some bets or competing against your friends in a fantasy league, their experts are always dishing out top picks and advice to help me win. So check out CBS Sports HQ. It's always on and always free. Just download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Fire TV, Roku, or Apple TV to start watching today. All right, welcome back to Against All Odds. On the phone right now, no stranger to the NBA Finals. Two-time NBA title winner with the Lakers. Six man of the year, 2011. Played on an Olympic team. The guy's done it all. And now he's written a book, a memoir. It's called Darkness to Light. It was released today, Tuesday. Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom, thanks for coming on Against All Odds. Nephew Lamar, what's up, bro? Yeah. Now, Lamar, this book is, this is insane. I'm, I'm really digging this. Thank you, bro. It yeah, covers so. everything, right? Drugs, alcohol, sex addiction. Right. <laughs> it's really it's really the perfect Mother's Day gift, but that passed, so it's going to have to do for Father's Day, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, thanks for coming. First, I want to I want to talk about the book, but I also want to talk about the NBA Finals. But first, I want to know how are you doing? How are you feeling? Never been better in my life, bro. This is it, right? Be alive. Yeah, that's it. Good, good. Now, have you been watching the NBA playoffs? you have a feel for this uh, final series? Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't really wait to see it. I'm, I'm interested to see um, um, the turnout, like you know what, what happened. Uh, Kawhi's playing at a really high, high level. I think it's the best I've ever seen him play. Um, and I'm interested. If, is that going to be enough to um, to take um, the reigning champ down? Because Golden State is really good. Golden State is like. Better than uh, like I ever expected. Like they're really they they they, they win games that they should lose. I yeah. mean, have you been watching this playoffs? Absolutely, they're phenomenal. And to do it without Kevin Durant and Steph Curry has stepped it up. He's they, on a different they came level. Down yeah, from seventeen three times or four. Right, without Durant, like that's incredible. Let me incredible. ask you what. So, what do you think if you had it had it? If you had a bet, I don't know. You're not a betting man. You have all these addictions. I can't believe you avoided gambling. I, I'm ashamed of <laughs> but you. But you know what? No, I've, 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 I've had my, uh, my my time with gambling. Oh, really? All right. So you let's yeah, say you yeah. had to put uh, money on this series. Are you going with Golden State? You have to lay almost three dollars to win a dollar on Golden State for the series. I'm 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 definitely going to go Golden State series. Mm-hmm. I would I would pick I would pick Toronto for Game One. I would pick Toronto for game one, but I would pick Golden State. Now, is that based on the home court advantage, or is that based on Golden State having too much time off, or a, or a combination of both? Well, Golden State's time off, right. and Toronto, that, 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 that arena, that, I know that city right. is one of my favorite NBA cities to ever visit. I know that city is going to be 
rocking. I know that atmosphere is going to be rocking, so I'm going to give them the upper hand in game one. All right, so that's interesting. They'll take game one, but you like Golden State for the series. And what do you think yeah. for MVP? That's what the interesting thing is here. Now, Steph Curry's the favorite to win MVP, but you got guys like Draymond Green putting together uh, triple doubles the last couple of games. You got Klay Thompson. He was snubbed by all NBA team. You know, who do you like for MVP? Yeah. I would I would take Steph Curry. You take I would, Steph. I would take Steph Curry. Yeah, I would I would take Steph Curry easily. Exactly. Exactly. All right. We're on the same page here. Now, listen, speaking of the same page, th- this book is phenomenal. I mean, I just read the blurbs. I can't wait to get it. My hands on it for real. But uh let's talk about the 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 tame part of it is about the cheating in the high school exams, something that uh, parents pay for nowadays, but you didn't have that luxury. You had to have like a pastor step in and, and do this for you, right? Well, no, no, no. But you know, I, I had there were some people that I was connected to um, in the AAU scene or in, in the street scene of basketball that were able to get it done for me. Right, but like they, you know, like 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 every like every player that's playing um on on a high level at that time would have that um at at their hand. And this goes on, and this goes on today. This is not going to change anytime soon, right? I don't think so. I don't think so. As as long as um, these um, these kids need the uh, need the test to uh, to play, right? But you know, ho- hopefully, kids will get more serious about education. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, speaking of getting serious, my favorite part of this book that I have not yet read, but I've read all the blurbs. This. Now we've all used a fake penis to pass a drug test in the in the past, but I'd like to hear your story about this. Oh uh, well, I had to do with it what it what it took. It was by by any means necessary, and uh, my dream um, to represent my country. And it's too bad that I had to go by those means to do it. But you know, I didn't mean to hurt any feelings or offend anybody. But I just had to do what I had to do. Yeah, no, you didn't hurt my feelings. Were you worried that this wasn't going to work? No, I knew my friend had clean urine, so I really wasn't worried. Right. But I was, I was, I was, I was just scared when I when I was actually doing it. You were scared. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not a it's not a normal thing. I, I make light of it, but yeah, it, 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 this whole thing could backfire, right? But it didn't for you. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was, I was, I was scared to of the um the consequences. Of the mm-hmm. you know, I didn't want to um disrespect uh, my country, if you know what I mean. No, no, I think you didn't. I think you raised us a level. I mean, we're, we're going to be seeing higher regard by other countries now. I really like it. Uh, that, now, now we talk about the you talk about the women, and it just seemed like an endless supply of women for you. You had you say you were with thousands. Did you ever have Will Chamberlain's number in mind? He claimed to be with ten thousand. I think you say you were <laughs> no, like I mean, two thousand. That's 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 like the narcissistic macho athlete saying. I have no idea of exactly how many women I've been with. That's something I'm really not proud of. Um, especially having a daughter that's twenty years old. Right. Um a lot of that a lot of that happened when I was married. You know what I'm saying? So I broke my broke my um my my vow to the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. When you get married, you get married in in front of God. So it's like, you know, that was I, that was a, a bad time in my life. Well listen, you come around, you're you're talking about it now. I think you feel better, you're a better person for it. Um, let me ask you, the Kardashians uh, latest the latest I heard is that they have not read this book and that they're not worried. Should they be worried? No. 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 Chloe was the love of my life. Um and uh, you know, my mother passed away when I was twelve years old, you know. Right. And uh, Chris Chris Jenner, I called her Ma. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So 
the love I got for her and her family. Well, that's sweet. That's very nice. Um, let, let me ask, you know what would be funny? You know what would be funny if you decided to date uh, one of the Olsen twins? Mary Kate or Ashley? Wouldn't that be a nice move <laughs> you know, for you? You are, you are, awesome. you are hilarious with that one. <laughs> no, you wouldn't consider that <laughs> i don't know bro don't know. all right well what about uh what about celebrities in general do you um do you feel like that's uh that's a rough road ahead for you to date a celebrity if you had your choice right now well if i had my choice to date a celebrity i would date chloe the kardashian but you said a uh, celebrity right yeah that's right yeah you said if that was your question if i had a choice to date a celebrity yeah, if you, I mean, to, to date a celebrity or to not date a celebrity was my question. But if you have one in mind, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I would date Khloe Kardashian if I had a choice to date a celebrity. You would. All right. That's very nice. Well, maybe we can uh, somehow get her your number or something. Oh, no, she probably has it. Right? She got yeah. it. I got it. I got it. Well, thanks. I, I know you're in a hurry there, uh, Lamar. This book is going to be something else. It's uh, yeah, it is. very exciting. It came out today called darkness to light and uh you have seen the light my friend uh, after talking to you for a few minutes i have noticed that lamar odom you like golden state to win but you like toronto to take game one but steph to win mvp yeah. correct yeah yeah all right all right lamar odom thanks for coming on against all odds i appreciate it man no bro no worries all right wow that was something special that'll do it for another episode of against all odds with cousin sal watch lock it in this week monday through wednesday yes yeah, short week 4 30 to 5 30 eastern on fs1 jimmy kimmel live 11 35 tonight and every weeknight on abc and that's that for the degenerate trifecta master tate frazier and lamar odom i'm sal saying so long and happy handicapping na, na, na.